This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. We're going to go ahead and get moving here. Again, wonderful to see all of you here today. And, and I, was, I was reading something funny, and, and you kind of got to think real, you got to be really on top of how this is said. Because I think it's so much about what church is about. It was an author who I really enjoy, Pastor Robin Myers. And, and he said, you know, one of the most interesting responses he ever got to the question of why do you want to join my church? So he, somebody came to his church, she wants to join. So he asked her, why do you want to join my church? And she said, oh, because I want to be less free. And <laughs> do, do you get that? Like in, in church obviously builds freedom, but then in a sense, there's places where hopefully we become less free. Less free to fear, to panic, to worry. How many of us struggle with paralysis by analysis? All of you need to raise your hand. I'm telling you, I work with half of you. Yes, thank you for waving in the back. Paralysis by analysis. We all do, right? We all do. And, And so maybe by the end of this service, maybe we can just have a little way of maybe shifting a little differently and finding gratitude more and more in the moment. So we're going. We're looking at the gift of change, parting of our Living Gratefully series. So what I want to do to get you warmed up is I want to start with this question here. The gift of change is the gift to fill in the blank. You can share that with the neighbor. Our online audience can text in an answer. What do you think the gift of change is? All right, folks. So here's some answers. And this is important because we're going to sort of come back to this. So I want you to sort of use this as your stake in the ground that we come back to at the end of the service. Here's some of the gifts of change. To let go. Living as we are intended to live, unabashedly. Reinventing ourselves over and over again. again, Getting more awesome each time. I love that. Uh, Evolve, renew, resurrect. Again, resurrection, right? It gives a totally different view of it, doesn't it? Live more freely. Grow. Be more clear as to where I am. The gift of change is the gift to change. It is the gift to learn from the past and apply it to the present. Those are great answers, and and sort of hold on to those folks, you know, as we go through today's service, because again, it's important to just be aware. There's a huge gift that we can have with change, and I'm going to try to connect it with with these words that tend to get, you know, sort of bollocked up in churches, the words repentance. You know, how can, can this idea of repenting, you know, doing things a little differently from a spiritual standpoint, how does it connect with this gift of change you folks so beautifully looked at? So I want to start out by looking at the big picture. This is one of the most beautiful definitions of sin I think I've ever read. I love it. This is by Lewis Newman, what he said, and it very much connects right into new church perspectives. Sin is protect, pretending something is true when it, when it isn't. We pretend something's true and it's not. And I think all of us do that, right? We have that area where we're constantly pretending. The second one, idolatry is pretending something is divine when it isn't. Again, another important perspective. Idolatry, we have idols in our life, like it's kind of funny, American idol, where we pretend, pretend something is true, and is it really, like, does Simon really have all that power? You know, I don't know. It's, it's, we, we're into this pretend game. And what is repentance? Repentance is about choosing, I'm going to have you say the T word here, repentance is about choosing truth over deception. 
Those are some great definitions. And it's easy to look at this, and yeah, I would actually take a picture of this. I think this is important. It's easy to look at this and kind of like leave it up there, but as I was writing this sermon, I decided, you know what, I just want to look at the newspaper. I get a newspaper every day, open it, and just see if I can see this right on the front page of the New York Times. These were the three lead stories. This was the front page, Thursday, September 24th. Pretending something is true that isn't. How many of us can say Volkswagen? Right? A little pretending going on there. Uh, then it talked about, you know, the, the military struggling with how do they get the right data and is somebody sort of shifting the data? Afghanistan struggling with child abuse, like, like powerful men, chieftains who are somehow pretending that this is okay. Like this idea is really significant. And you think about folks, like all the scandals that go on in this world, the ones that are just like, you read them and you go, oh my goodness. How many of those connect back to pretending something is true that isn't? Right? I think it's a powerful, powerful perspective to have as we take a look at it. So we're going to go back again to a second question. Because I want you to sort of bring this home. So we're looking at a global, what's the gift of change? Now we slowly want to pull it down to a next level. And that's this question. Where are you pretending something is true that isn't? And that's kind of a pretty big question. So you made... Oh my goodness. Here, I didn't think anybody would be brave enough to send me an answer on that. I got way too many answers. (laughs) Oh goodness. Time for another small group. I got, just to give you an idea, folks, I got 22 answers on that one. Um, When trying to take responsibility for an adult child's choices in life, Boy, this is a lot. That I have anything to do with an outcome of a situation. When trying to take responsibility... Oh, sorry, I said that one. Uh, making time for TV. Pretending that all is great even when I'm struggling. That I'm not really powerless. Thinking that the U.S. is the most fair place ever. I think to pretend I didn't love my ex to avoid the loss of losing him. That's a very, very poignant, precious one. I know what the heck is going on. Uh, fakes... <laughs> <laughs> I can do a whole sermon on that, yeah. Uh, that I don't worry what others, uh, what others think when I do it. Life is absolutely as happy as what it really is. Pretending I'm actually okay. Those are beautiful answers, folks. And, and th- things to start to think about. Like, where do we pretend? And, and, and I feel like where we pretend, like, there's the problem. And what God gives us on the other side of that is this gift of change. Can we say gift of change together? Gift of change. Then the other side is this gift of change. Another way to look at that is the word repentance. I want to come back again to this idea of repentance, very much central to new church. Repentance is the point in which we are fully accountable and fully free to choose a different path. We're accountable for, for where we are, how we think, how we're holding the world. And we also get, oh, at this moment as well, we're fully free to choose something different. And where we're going to be going is is how do we sort of narrow that down to the gift of change in ways that actually have meaning? Because I think too many times we kind of leave it way too global. And how do we sort of figure out where are those those areas? Now, it's important to understand, you know, as we look at repentance, sort of what the big picture is. And and so we have our loves, those things we love, and, and they give rise to certain thoughts. And those thoughts kind of go back down into a reinforcing circle or cycle right back down into those loves. And how do we kind of break this? How do we break this change 
with repentance. There's a couple of thoughts I want to leave with you here. And then when we come back in the second part of the service, I really want to narrow it in. So, so the first part is, is we get into kind of these loops where just everything is mutually reinforcing itself. It's called confirmation bias if you're a fancy person. Confirmation bias means, means we take a certain perspective of life and then we start to see it everywhere. Now we can start to see it, and this is important, please take note of this. You know, our ego gets us either when we're way at the top or way at the bottom. Like a lot of people think ego is just about, you know, we inflate ourselves. Well, actually, ego is also about when you over-deflate yourself. That's your ego. You're never that good, and ready for the flip of it? You're never that bad. You never, you're always a mix. All of us are always a mix. Yeah, we can get caught here, and we can get caught here. We get caught in this reinforcement cycle. How many of us think we're really dumb? <laughs> we think, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. And we see it all the time. We see it when we go to work. Yep, you're dumb. We see it when we try to light a gratitude letter for New Church Live. Yep, you're dumb. We see it when we look in the mirror every morning. Yep, you're dumb. Right? <laughs> yep, we do that. And it, fill that in. You are blank. You know, and it just keeps on going back in and back in and back and keeps on winding around, winding around, winding around. But there's different cycles that we can have. And I, I think, again, that's where, where, where good churches, synagogues, temples can help us all so much. I, it was so, so, so privileged to speak with a group of sophomore girls about church. And I said, well, this is what church does. Church allows you to come together, find inspiration, to sort of breathe in and connect and then breathe out in service. And church, religion, faith, it, it, it can be that breathing in part can just give us a very different sense and get us out of these doom loops. And that's where we can start to find the gift of change. When, when, these, when these loops that we consider to be true and we recite again and again, we can start to chip away at them and start to get, oh, maybe there's a different loop out there. Then life can really start to bloom. Now, it was interesting. A few short weeks ago, we asked for seven people to be here, one online, six, six wonderful, brave volunteers to sit up here and, and to talk about sort of what they had gotten out of church and, and hear this globally. I believe you could pick seven people in any number of healthy churches, synagogues, temples, nonprofits, and they would sort of say the same thing. You know, many wells, one water. That's kind of my philosophy about things. And it was interesting, you know, I, I listened to them, what they said, and then I typed it out, I typed out the words, and then we did what's called a word cloud, which is, which is where you, you put these words into some statistical thingamahickey, and what it does is it shows the words, and the words that get used a lot get blown way up, and the words that get used just once or twice are much smaller. Now, these are the three words that they used most about the gift that they had found in church. Could we say them? Connection, love, God. Those are good. <laughs> Those are good. See, think of the two loops, right? You're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. Love, connection, God. Do those create two different worlds? Yes or no? Yeah. Very distinctly, wildly different worlds. 
Now, as the band comes out, I want you to be thinking like, okay, so, so I get that, Chuck. I, I get where I'm pretending. I get that there might be this, this loop going on. I get that maybe there's this other loop and maybe churches, small groups, synagogues, nonprofits, whatever it is for you, wherever you feel the God of your understanding, they might help me to think differently about love, connection, and God. And that's great and global. And the question becomes, how do we get to it? And I think one of the big bridges is gratitude. And one of the big bridges is learning to really understand blessing, understand it in a high leverage way that starts to move us from one circle into another. And the other one's far, far better place to live. So that grateful part and how it can start to actually bring these things we're talking about together is pretty cool to think about. I mean, how do we start? Again, we, we have these doom loops, and then we have these other loops, God, love, and connection. And, and gratitude can be part of this. And, and learning a different kind of gratitude that actually is able to embrace, let's all say gift of change together, that's able to embrace the gift of change. It's able to embrace that. Able to go like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a gift that I can, that I can shift. Folks, just, just for a minute. Just like for, I'm going to give you like three silent, awkward seconds here. Just for a minute, close your eyes. Take a breath. Think of your life, if its main center, if its pivot was God, love, and connection. And take another breath. It's a very different place to live from. And I think it is the place where God is gently in his ever-loving way is pulling us. And what is it that gets in the way? Well, I think what gets in the way is this belief that, that we kind of know it all. We understand the experience of our lives fully. I, again, I loved what someone said, like the biggest thing where they pretend is that they know what the heck's going on. The problem is for too many of us, we know what the heck's going on. We know exactly how everything's going. We know exactly why everyone is doing everything. We have the world arranged oftentimes into teams. We're sure who the good team is, who the bad team is. Christ is just hovering. He's like, just stop it. <laughs> let's, let's really think differently. Let's really think maybe outside of the box isn't the right term. Let's really think outside of the loop. Let's maybe find a different way to do this. Now, there's a wonderful story that I want to read to you out of Matthew. And for those of you following along at home, this is Matthew 19, verses 16 on. And it's about somebody who's called the 13th disciple. It's a guy who was sort of junior varsity, and he wants to be varsity. And he doesn't quite make it. But Christ loves him anyways, for any of the JV players out there. And it's a, it's a brilliant story because it, it tells you a lot. Now, now the background to this is, is this is this called the parable of the rich young man. And, and this was a young man who was, who had done everything right. And, and he had a lot of wealth. Now, from the new church perspective, we, we believe that, that that wealth part's really about in our minds where, where we really believe we know it all. You know, we're not talking about physical wealth here. We're talking about a mental wealth where we believe, look, we got it all. If you think of his loop, I imagine it being, I'm so noble, I'm so right, look at me. I'm so noble, I'm so right, look at me. I'm so noble, I'm so right, look at me. 
I think those were the loops that he saw everywhere. So because he'd done everything right, because he'd done everything right, he, he, he brings this to Christ. He says, look, this is everything I've done. Look at all I've done. And what do you think he was expecting Christ? And you can just shout it out. What do you think he was expecting Christ to tell him when he comes with all his evidence about what a good guy is? Yeah, you, you're the best, buddy. He probably wants him to call her. Hey, there are 12 of you. Come over here. Look at what this guy did. This is the coolest dude ever. But Christian, he's constantly like, this is why you got to love the guy. He's constantly like flipping it. He's constantly going, that's what you think. Zoop. Let me give you a little different perspective on that, my friend. So with those ears on, listen to this beautiful, beautiful story. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to call for a slide here. To, you can take a look at one of the lines. Now, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good must I do to eternal life? Now, really, he's telling the question there. He already knows he's done it all. So he's not asking a question. It's like you've done a really good, you're a husband, you've done a really good job cleaning the porch and you go to your wife, say, honey, come here. How does the porch look? I hope you know by all the laughter how much regeneration this congregation needs right, right now. Why do you ask me what's good, Jesus said. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man acquired. Again, telling the questions because he's obeyed them all. Like he's, he's waiting for the checklist. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbors yourself. Listen to this line. And you can just picture him like puffier. All these I have kept. Don't worry, I got it. The young man said, what do I still lack? Completely telling the question. He's ready for Christ to go, nothing, buddy. You're all set. <laughs> oh, goodness. I could use language. I won't. Uh, Jesus answered, if you want to be whole, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Ooh. That's <laughs> not, I could just picture the guy going, you're not reading from the same script, dude. You know, this is totally different. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And you look at the biblical line here, if you wish to be complete or whole, go and sell your possessions, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving for he's one who owned much property. So, so you think again, coming back to that beautiful text we got, what Christ is saying, look, you think you know everything that's going on. You think you have a view, you think of religion as a scorecard. And it's like a, like a golf card and you're coming up with me and, it's, you know, and I'm like the PGA and you want me to sign your golf card. They added all the numbers right. Here's Christ going, no. It's not about a scorecard. It's about a gift. Can we say those together? Scorecard. scorecard. Gift. Yeah. Big difference. Scorecard and gift. Very, very large difference. And then it goes on, you know, beautifully. And, and you think about what the disciples, you know, what, what, what Christ wants them to hear. So he turns and he addresses them. The young man's walking away. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. So he uses this very famous analogy. And he's saying, look, you got a little needle here, whereas you probably can't see it. You're going to have an easier time getting this through this 
than you will. Well, well, of course, folks, like, like think about it. If our big old inflated ego that knows it all, it can't go through the eye of any needle. It's too worried about being right. You know, those, I know we have a lot of first-time people here. And, and, you know, one of the things I tell couples all the time, and I tell congregation many times, I use this in wedding charges all the time, and I think it's true in our lives. You know, I say to couples, look, you're going to have a simple choice. You can be married or you can be right. And the problem is, too many times we, we vote on rightness, and our big old inflated, bloated ego looks just like that, you know, just like that. And it's just as stubborn as that but it can't get through any eye of any needle. That's what Christ is offering us here, a beautiful, beautiful perspective. You think about this young man, just imagine, folks, like let's go back to where we talked about about sin and idolatry. You know, the sin was this young man was pretending something was true that wasn't. Right? And we can, you can think of any number of things. The idolatry he had, what he worshipped was his accomplishments. What he worshipped was, look at all these things that I've done. Now notice, Christ is not saying those things are wrong. You know, we we all go through that stage where, where, you know, ego formation, like that basic sense of self, it's, it's from new church theology, it's a foundation, but it's not the pinnacle. So we have to have a time, yeah, where, where we do kind of feel like, yep, we're right, we have something to offer, but we can't just stay there. Foundation, not a pinnacle. So he doesn't say all this is wrong. He's just going to say, look, I need you to take it one step further. Again, and think for yourself, where are you pretending, sinning, quote unquote, where are you pretending something is true that isn't? And what's the idolatry that's connected to that? The idolatry being, where are you holding something holy that isn't? And then from that place, can we think, okay, I get it. God doesn't want me mired in guilt. He wants me to get, ready? We're going to say those three words, the four words. He wants me to get that there is the, ready? Gift of change. That there's the gift of change that we're constantly invited to. And this is where the line gets beautiful. And again, like I think too many times we, we think of, of Christ as sort of dour and sour and frowning and scolding. And I think the dude was the happiest person ever. You know, God with skin on would be happy, would be joyous, would be living gratefully. This is how it goes on. Listen to this beautiful line. And we can put it up here as I read it. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. Who then can be saved? You see, and they're like, all right, if that guy can't be saved, you know, and look at all his accomplishments. And again, the, the, the disciples were sort of peasants. And this was a time where, where any form of wealth was a considered a sign of divine blessing. Any form of sickness or poverty was a sign of God's disfavor. So they would have been looking at this guy going like, this dude has it all. Can I get his autograph? Like they, they would be so impressed with him. And so they're a little panicked, and they go like, well, then who, who can actually be saved? Look <laughs> this line. This is beautiful. Jesus looked, and here you have to think, gave a big smile and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are. Beautiful line. 
Of course, it's impossible for us to get rid of our ego, but you know what? With surrender, all things are possible. See if I can find my little, I can't find my pin anymore. Um, there it is. So with, <laughs> so you think about that, like God's going like, yeah, you know what? You can't do this. But guess what? I can. I can. So, so it doesn't, the young man is not being sort of, sort of um, shunned, pushed away into the desert. It's God saying, you know what, guys? I got news for you. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them in the end. I get them all in the end. You know, you, you can't fight it. Like, love wins. We talk about that. That's our, that's our bumper sticker here at New Church Life. Love wins. Right there. You know, love wins. And, and of course, you can't push your ego through. What you got to do is you got to learn to drop it. And instead, start thinking about centering your life God, love, and connection. Now, what does that mean? That means that we have to start to live into the moment in a very different way. Because I think the gift of change somehow, and again, this is where I was telling Carl before, so it's where I feel like I got about five balls. Hopefully they'll all land nicely here. Probably not, but I'm going to try. Where the gift of change is also the gift of the moment. The gift of change is also the gift of the moment. Now, I'm going to shift over here to my little clock, all right? So we all have these moments. And you notice, again, I think with the story, I want to really belabor this point. It's not that the guy took a test, flunked it, and now is booted out of school. It's Christ going, look, you know, learn to do the other thing. Learn to go to the next level. He's walking away disappointed. You can picture Christ in a more, more um, uh, you know, a more fulfilled conversation going with his 12 disciples around going like, look, he'll get it. He'll get it, just give him time, be patient. Because what I'm going to give him is literally, and I want you to say moments when I point to him. Please all say it together and all say it loud. I'm going to give him one of the greatest gifts I give anybody where you can really learn to live gratefully. It's the gift of moments. moments. I'm going to give you millions and millions and millions of moments. moments where you can make this choice. Now, when I, when I look at that with, with moments, you know, it's, it's these moments where we, where we get to stop pretending. These moments where we get to really understand what holiness is. We get to really understand where we're accountable and where we're free to change. You will, you have just, you have thousands of these just today. The problem is if you're into these doom loops like you are dumb, you are dumb, you are dumb or like this guy, I am so noble, look at me, I am so noble, look at me, I am so noble, look at me. You become totally blind to the moment. Full knowledge in your minds of what's going on will totally blind you to the moment. Think about that. Full knowledge in your minds about what's going on will totally blind you to the moment. And can we instead see this moment, see these little spots of time? Can we see these little spots of time and and really like start to start to dive into that? Really start to allow ourselves to, to, to think, what is in this moment? How could I shift in this moment? Because that's what Christ is offering him as moments. 
Too many times our ego will say, well, you know, I only have one. I better make this moment. I better make it the most of this moment. Well, yes and no. Like, make the most of this moment, but don't do it from panic. Do it from, well, if you don't get it this moment, you're going to get it in the next. For the parents in here, all the parents in here, how many of us have had a good parenting moment? All of you have, I guarantee. Right, even if you think you have it. How many of us have also had a really bad parenting moment? <laughs> And did God stop giving you moments? Did he say, you know, I know you had 10 right, but it was that one where you yelled at them at the IGA. That was, that was the deal breaker, sister. You're out. That's, I know some of you yell at your kids in the car. You know, I know that happens. It's, 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 a, it's a moment, right? And, and, and yet in that very next moment, what's the opportunity there? See, where did I sin? Where was I pretending something was true that wasn't? Where was I idolizing something as holy that wasn't? Maybe it's the holiness of my rightness or my righteousness. And then where can I repent? Where can I find the deep gift of change? Sometimes the littlest voices can be the biggest voices in bringing this out to us to really kind of like, pull this out and speak to us in, in, in words that I think God would just smile at in a moment. And we have to capture what that moment can be and understand that, that every moment, literally, as new church theology holds it, every moment can be a new beginning. Every moment. Not only can be, actually is. So I want to share with you a moment. It's a video moment. Where it's this, and probably some of you have seen this, it's this very young girl, and her parents are divorced. They've obviously just had an argument. Dad's upstairs, mom's downstairs, and she's trying to work on them getting along better together. And hear this in the context of what is the gift of change in this moment that this mother is being offered. How is that 13th disciple, that ego thing that can't go through the eye of the needle, how is that slowly being deflated? into a form of God, love, and connection, as she understands it, that actually can pass through that narrow passageway. So take a look at this video. No one else than me. Mom, are you ready to be his friend? Yes. Try not to be that, that high up to be friends. I want everything to be low, okay? Okay. Just try your best. I, I don't want you and my dad to be replaced and, and me again. I want you and my dad to be placed and settled and be friends. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want everyone to be friends. And if I can be nice, I think all of us can be nice too. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to do my best in my heart. Nothing else than that. I want you, Mom, my Dad, everyone to be friends. I want everyone to be smiling. Not like being mad. I want everything to smile. Especially when I see someone, I want them to smile. Especially Nana, everyone. 
I want everyone to smile. And if that's for my dad and you, Mom, I think you can do it. I think you can settle your your mean your mean heights down a little to short height. Then it's both, okay? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm trying to be steady on the floor, not way down on straight, on the middle where my heart is. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something too. And if we live in a world where everyone's being mean, everyone's going to be a monster in their future. What if, if there's just a little bit of persons and we will eat them, then no one will ever be here. Only the monsters in our place. We need everyone to be in person. Everyone, including me and my mom, everyone. I just want everything to be settled down. Nothing else. I just want everything to be good as possible. Nothing else. Thank you, Tana. Come again, Mommy Chip Chip. Preach it, sister, right? Yeah, who says women can't preach? There you go. You know, a beautiful, beautiful line there, right? I, you just got to love that. You got to love that, that perspective and just, and you know, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So what is the gift of change? What is the gift of repentance? It's this. This is from Divine Providence. Folks, listen, like, let this be beautiful to you. I'm going to have us, let's all say this really loud together. The struggle that enables us to be free. It's the struggle that enables us to be free. Not a struggle to be avoided. A struggle to be embraced. I mean, do you get? We can change. We can change. And it's not some big grandiose thing. It's going to come moment by moment. And here's the beautiful thing. God's going to give you millions of them. Ready for this even better news? God's going to give you an eternity of them. That should give you chills. Love, connection, God. That's where these things can be. Let's live there. Let's live in that place with gratitude and let's express that gratitude by seizing the moments that we have today, tomorrow, the rest of the week. Thank you. Great to be here today with you folks. We're now gonna close today's service with a prayer. And I need to say last week's song got such rousing applause. They loved it so much. We actually are gonna do it again. So if the spirit moves you and you feel like standing up during the song, please do. If you feel like just sitting down and listening to the, the band do its wonderful job, please do. And just really let it sink in. What a blessing it is that we constantly have the gift of change. Please join me in prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, we realize and acknowledge 
that our ego, our rightness, our thoughts that we have it somehow all together can no more run our lives. It's, it's, Lord, we need something different. We need a different perspective, a different way of being, a different form of freedom, a different way to live, a different way to breathe, a different way to serve, a different way to love. Where we move away, Lord, from the idea of a scorecard and we move into this, we move into gift. Pure gift. Breathing gift. Allow us, Lord, today just to see the miracle, the miracle of this, the miracle of the moments, the countless moments we have every day where we can exercise that gift of change. Where we can understand that life can be different, can shift. And we can find peace. We can find true freedom. We can find each other. And as needs said over and over again, place where we can find home home, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the moments in our lives. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the gift of change. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.